drums, creating conversations with the world's top drummers in the most extreme genres. This episode is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one choice for drumsticks. They provide the wood you need to make the beats you deserve. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Now with your host, Corey Hopping. What is up, party people? We're back with another episode of the We're Talking Drums podcast. I know you guys love when I sing, so I'm going to start singing all the time in these intros. I'm going to prolong these intros as long as possible and just sing my heart out. Okay, that is an absolute lie. I uh, got a banger of an episode for you today. My guest this week is the ever so lovely Pierce Williams, drummer of Skeletal Remains. Skeletal Remains has a brand new album coming out March 8th on Century Media Records. I believe that is correct. We'll we'll fact check that and then you'll see a pop-up if it's any different. Uh, speaking of pop-ups... You can find us on YouTube now. If you did not know that, we started out as an audio-only podcast, but now we got some video to it. I do my best. I'm no videographer. I'm a drummer, so you know how that goes. But you guys said, ranted and raved, that you wanted to see our faces during these podcasts, so... Here you go. Go over to our YouTube channel, drop a subscription thing, hit the bell, hit a like on this video, and leave a comment. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Always want to try to make these podcasts as good for our listeners and viewers as possible. So let us know. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. I already said that, but sharing is caring. And here on the We're Talking Jones podcast, we care about each and every one of you, which is why we have a Patreon page. If you like extra content, if you like episodes early if you like being in the now and supporting your favorite drum podcast that's right your favorite then head on over to patreon.com backslash we're talking drums today you can sign up for free why haven't you done it yet head over there it's a blast Next up, next up in this extended version of our intro, I'm heading out on the road. My band Lotharo is heading out with Raven and Vicious Rumors March 15th through May 4th. May the 4th be with you. May 15th, our album Chasing Euphoria comes out. We're doing a big time CD release party in Hamilton at the Corktown Pub. Got a killer lineup for that one. Whole bunch of awesome local bands. Great band from Toronto. We're celebrating this release, and we're also celebrating kicking off our first tour of the year. So 
I'll post all the dates below. I hope to see some of you We're Talking Drums fans out to the shows. Watch me hit the skins, you know, and uh, I'll be doing some podcasts for the from the road. So if you are a drummer and you want to come on the We're Talking Drums podcast and I'm coming through your city, hit me up. Send us an email. Send us a DM. Do whatever you can. Get a hold of me, and we will talk some drums. I love doing podcasts on tour. It keeps me occupied and my mind sharp. All right. We're getting into this week's episode now. I got to stop moving because I've had too much caffeine. Pierce Williams, Skeletal Remains. We talk about food. We talk about foot technique. We talk about... I'm sure we talk about blast beats at some point because he blasts like a maniac. And we talk about the recording of their new album, Fragments of Ageless. Fragments of the Ageless? Fragments of the Ageless, which is out March 8th on Century Media Records. Go pre-save, go pre-order, go support Skeletal Remains. This album is a banger. It's Pierce's first record with Skeletal Remains, and we talk about the recording process and the writing and all of that fun stuff to do with it. I caught up with Pierce when they were on tour with Suffocation and Incantation coming through Toronto. You'll hear a little bit of people packing up gear in the background. We did this post-show. There's a side stage green room, and, you know, we did our best to talk over it. But you might hear a little bit. Hopefully it's not too annoying for you. If it is, leave a comment below. Here's my conversation with Pierce Williams of Skeletal Remains. Pierce Williams, welcome to the We're Talking Drums podcast. How you doing today, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, my pleasure. Uh, you guys just played here in Toronto at Lee's Palace. We're in the wonderful green room, kind of side stage. Yeah, man, how was the show? The show was pretty awesome. Uh, crowd tonight was fucking amazing. One of the best crowds of the tour so far. We're only a weekend, but yeah, the last two shows have been fucking off the walls. Good crowd. Yeah, man, like uh, the Canadian fans, especially Suffocation fans... Fucking, it was a lot of them they love their death metal. Yeah, no, it was it was a good show. Uh, I think tonight and last night were my favorite shows we played so far. Yeah. Oh, dude, Montreal's always a sick crowd. Yeah, it was my. It's honestly my first time in Montreal and Toronto. Uh, it's actually my first time on the east side of the country. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you have? Poutine when you were in Montreal. No, man, we still need to get that before we go. Uh, oh, I know. dude, <laughs> it, you were in. You had two shows in Quebec. Yeah, Trois Rivières, <laughs> which three rivers. Yeah, yeah. To us English speakers and uh, Montreal, and you, that that was the time to get poutine. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, what did we have today? We had sushi and some teriyaki chicken with rice. So yeah. we didn't. We didn't get the uh, poutine. Well, yet. on Bloor Street here, like that's the. That's, that's the jam. That's the jam. I think there's like seven sushi places in like three blocks here. So yeah, no, I, like, I saw it dude. all up and down there. Yeah, ramen, sushi. Uh, there's even Indian food right across the street. Yeah, yeah, man. That's Toronto for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they got, we got everything. You got A and W there too. I'm pretty sure it's 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> I've oh, had yeah. poutine though, but not on this trip. Not yet. No. Oh, okay. Well, 
I hope that you guys come back to Canada and to Montreal and you get to have your Montreal poutine because that is, that's where it is. Like, yeah, Montreal so it's just gravy on, on fries, right? Cheese, what? gravy. What, what, what is it exactly? Fries, cheese curds. Oh, gosh. <laughs> specifically cheese curds and gravy. Yes. Yeah, that's that would, all it is. Just three ingredients, but Montreal does it the best. That'd have to be the, uh, the after show food because I, I don't I don't think I'd be able to play uh no 100% <laughs> it, it is like the perfect after show food though well shit we might stop and get something tonight because I'm pretty hungry and no these dudes haven't eaten since you know four or five o'clock yeah so we well, might have, we might we have we have a little sliver of a chance yeah to get some. go to uh 24 hour McDonald's <laughs> they serve it there uh yeah yeah you should be able to get poutine at McDonald's. I think Damn. so. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been to a McDonald's. Yeah, so. I don't eat that shit. <laughs> yeah, the closest thing is like Burger King I go to or A&W. So, I'm going I'm to try and convince these guys. Yeah, A&W actually might have a poutine. It's right across the street. Uh, might be good uh, like pre-drive. Yeah, food, yeah. You know, get, get something some in you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't very drummy. <laughs> but, <laughs> dude, um, well, it's... You guys had a killer set. You're on tour Thanks, with Suffocation, Incantation, the two Shun bands. Shuns. Yeah, and uh, Stabbing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a brutal, in a good way, tour package. Yeah, like, no, it's been... Just, like, brutal death metal across the board. Every band's like, fucking ripping it every night, dude. Yeah, man. Like, just blast beats for days. Yeah. Like, nonstop, uh, all night. There's like, an abundance of blast beats on this tour, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I was I was really surprised by stabbing. They're killing it. Their drummer was absolutely yeah, yeah. insane. You know, I was like, shit. I, I was just looking at you. I was like, fuck, how, how's he going to top this? <laughs> you know? And then you went up and crushed it. Uh, like, do you do double strokes with your feet? Uh, yes and no. So it, it just okay. depends on what... Uh, what the music calls for, really. Because uh, I got confused because you're doing some pretty fast stuff, all singles. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, was it the strobes throwing me off, making it look like doubles? But yeah, it was, I was like so confused. I was like, is it doubles? Is it singles? I don't know. Yeah, there's... Uh, I learned doubles during the, the COVID lockdown. And I, I took oh, me about nice. three months to really dial it in. Yeah, uh, I've been doing doubles here and there in the skeletal set. Been doing it a lot more for the newer stuff. For the mm-hmm. older material, I tend to use more singles. But uh, for me, it's just another tool in the toolbox. So it's like, you know, if I, if, 100%. if I mean, every night's different, you know. So if, if my legs aren't, aren't working with me with the singles, I'll just switch to doubles. But uh, it really just calls for how I'm feeling and what the music calls for. Yeah. So I, I do singles and doubles at any given point. Nice. It's cool because I've been, I do the swivel when I'm doing singles. I can't do the swivel. I've never learned it yet. It's just, I, I was doing single strokes and like, this is before doubles became like the, all the rave. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just noticed I was cramping up like crazy. And then I talked to Ken Bedeni from Aborted mm-hmm. and he kind of filled me in on the swivel and how relaxed it keeps your like calf muscles and everything. And it just clicked immediately for me. I was like, this makes sense. That's kind of, yeah, yeah. My my kicks just like were like consistent and like they were never that tight before, you know. And before then, the swivel, before the swivel, and then I started to swivel. I was like, this is so easy. 
Yeah, but now I'm like, I gotta learn doubles. I never, I, I have, I could never learn how to do. I, I don't know if, if like you start out going in or out. I, I don't know. I've never, never sat down and like taken the time to to learn how to do the swivel. You know, I'm pretty sure when I start, I start with the in. So I that's start like with the, the first in stroke? on both of them, right? So then it it starts going like that, kind of. I heard right? it's like like putting out a cigarette butt or something. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what Ken says. That's what Alan says too. Hmm. So it's so, a lot of pressure too on the. the yeah, the well, ball there's two foot. different types of swivel. If you notice, uh, like Krim, he does a more flat-footed uh, swivel. So there's a lot less of that pressure, and then there is like the pressure swivel, uh, which is your really really pushing down the whole time and mm -hmm. then it's the motion which is causing the beater to fly off but you're always applying pressure so every time you get to the, each side you uh, are applying more pressure mm. so that it it hits against the the head yeah i never it's, i never learned how to do it man I, I i mean i've sat down and and you know messed around with it but it never like you said it like it hasn't clicked for me you know yeah, what I mean, well, I'll say that your singles and your doubles are tight as fuck. Thanks, man. So I don't think you need to worry <laughs> about the swivel. I was just having a hard time and it helped me get over that so I could like get my my kicks tighter and mm -hmm. everything. But now I want to keep the swivel as a part of how I do things, but also incorporate the double mm -hmm. for like longer stretches to save energy. Essentially, yeah, yeah. that's all it is, right? So it's been hard to find pedal settings that work for both. Did you find that you had to tweak your pedals to get the double strokes to really click over those three months? Or did you just like, I'm going to learn it on these settings? It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no. So for me, I learned on a single chain drive at my house um, on my practice kit. And uh, I've always played with the, the tightest uh, spring tension I possibly can. Yeah. So I, I have, you know, the uh the chain drive pedals for the like I guess it's it'd be the the demon drives, but it's the chain version, you know, the single yeah. chain. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I learned on. And I mean once I got onto the direct drive, it it like was like butter, you know, it was that just a lot more smoother. But what I did to learn it was uh I mean, the, the, the spring tension on both pedals are very different, but what I did was I isolated each foot individually, kind of like how, you know, if you're learning to do stamina runs on each hand, you'll do, you know, four measures right hand, four measures left hand, yeah, vice versa. So that's what I did, and basically all I did to learn it was 1E, 2E, 3E, 4E, and then, you know, do that for two minutes, and then I switched to the left, 1E, 2E, 3E, 4E. One E, two E, basically yeah. just isolating each, each beat, and only really like I was doing it pretty slow at first, just to get yeah. the, the motion dialed in. Yeah, you want it. Um, it was after a certain point where I noticed it was just basically all I had to do was just do you know eighth notes alternating slowly. Yeah, and then after I got used to it, all I noticed what I had to do to get the the sixteenth uh, notes was just drop the heel. Yeah. And that Just was really yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're good to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it it took a while for it to click, but I mean, once it clicked, it was it's not even a thought anymore, you know. Yeah, I know. Like for me, some days when I'm practicing the doubles, it it just feels great, and mm -hmm. like I could go forever. And then other days, I'm like, I'm 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 losing it. So I'm like, I can't bring this 
live yet. Not comfortable with it there. I'm way more comfortable just with the swivel with everything I'm doing. So I'm going to get there, though. I mean, dude, honestly, I think the more techniques and and anything, Mm -hmm. basically, the more I have for myself, like in my toolbox, I think the you know, it, it will just help me in the long run, you know, like. Yeah, a lot of people are doubles only or singles only, and for me, I just want to play what sounds good and natural. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that the more techniques that you learn, the more it allows you to be creative mm-hmm. around the kit. Absolutely. Right. Man. Like if you're confident in all your techniques, why not use them? Mm-hmm. Why not not like some people are like doubles only mm-hmm. or yeah or singles only, and they're like elitist about it. It's like. Which is fine, but sure, do that. But you're blocking the. It, it's not about it's the technique. Yeah, yeah. It's about how creative you are while you're playing. You know, yeah, it's I mean, still an instrument. Doing the doing the doubles like definitely helped out because I mean, you know, going super fast on singles is like gets pretty tiring after after a certain amount of times yeah, you've been doing especially it. Especially how fast you but guys also play. it, it kind of like helps out up top with the hands because I'm able to relax a lot more when I'm doing doubles. Yeah. And like able to breathe. Whereas like sometimes with the singles, I have to like really force it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of your focus is on your feet. Yeah. Yeah. And then the hands have to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, so. it's yeah. So it's like for me, if something's like at a certain threshold, I'll just do doubles and be like, no, really focus on my hands now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. So you're good to go. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit ago about a new record mm-hmm. you guys played a couple songs mm-hmm. off it tonight they were fucking killer thanks man yeah man uh the there's one song that's been released is it yeah. void of despair void of despair yeah i remember it's the first one yeah my memory is so dog <laughs> shit so and the album is called uh, it's called fragments of the ages fragments of the ages we're there on letter go. f for this one Yes. <laughs> and it's out March 8th yep. of next 2024, year. Yep. Yeah. So look out for that. And I assume pre-orders will be out uh, at some point. Yeah, at soon. some point. I don't really know mm. when, uh, you know, the label will put it out. But I assume it'll be once another single is released. Yes. Um, another single is on its way. We got two more. On the there way. you go. Uh, so what was the recording process like from your side of things? For the new record. Oh man, it was it went by pretty quick. Uh I think the preparation beforehand was a little nerve-wracking because this this album is the more the most intense, I think, skeletal record has done yet, uh, in terms of just the the riff structures, the speed, the aggression. Uh there's a lot more blast beats, there's a lot more double bass, uh the the speed. It, it kind of picks up from where the last record left off, which is kind of how I feel each of the skeletal records have been. It's just like yeah. kind of, you it's know. It's just a progression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the last one, I I joined the band when Charlie was tracking drums for that. And so I got to hear it, that recording process. And, yeah. you know, it's like, this is a really good album. How Like, how are they going to top this? And yeah. uh, so basically what they would do was, you know, we were touring a lot for the last two years and, on their off time, they'd be home writing the songs and uh, they would send me the files to learn them uh, with, you know, they would have drum programs and I would basically keep most of the beats. I would definitely like 
throwing my own fills and like my own little flair here and there. But yeah, yeah. you know, there'd be times when I'd try to change up the beat and they're like, ah, dude, we already tried that. Like this yeah. is for me, it was, it's, it's, it's a little weird because we're not in the same room and I can't tell where the vocals are going to go or where the solos are going to go. So like, they, they basically they just asked me like this is the beat we want if you can keep it along the same lines I had the freedom to do whatever fills and, and all that stuff whatever I yeah. wanted yeah, yeah. Um, I tried changing up a few beats which you know they approved but um, yeah they would write the song send me um all and it, like it's it's really intimidating too because everything on a drum program is fucking perfect. Yeah. So you is. know, there's uh, there's one song on there that's at least like two fifty five, two sixty, and it's all traditional. And I can go that fast, but for the 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 stamina part that they wanted it, it was just like too intense for me to keep up with the the traditional blast. So you know, there were some alters in the studio, but um, I think the preparation kind of psyched me out a little bit. Yeah. I think that was the yeah. most. Uh, nerve-wracking thing once i got in the studio i tracked everything i think in uh three or four days nice the so basically what happened was i went and flew down to california uh recorded this guy's house uh trench studios and i brought my laptop with me that had all my rehearsal takes yeah so i could physically see what what i'm hitting and you know like yeah yeah, always a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had that kind of like a cheat sheet, but like this is yeah. what I was playing because like a, a reference. Yeah, yeah. So if there's a part, because I'm pretty sure I did the same thing on my last record, and it's like if there's a part where you're like, ah, like I don't really remember what I did, yeah, yeah, or I don't know what to do here, it, you can reference that mm-hmm. and be like, oh, okay, that was really good. Because I had a couple parts where I was like, I don't like what I wrote, and I'll figure it out in the studio. Mm-hmm. We got we're time constraints here, and then like I pulled up what I did, and I was like, actually, that sounds great. We'll we'll just roll. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I just psyched myself out because I wanted to do more or thought I had more in me, but I was like, no, I don't. No, we're rolling with it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it was me just psyching myself out because there was there's a lot of parts with like really intricate flutters. Like, uh, I mean, I've posted like my writing process on my Instagram and, you know, there's clips of, but like there's some really interesting and intricate like kick patterns throughout that, like took me a really long time to dial in, you know, and going into the studio, I was like, fuck, like I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So basically what I did was I recorded the easiest songs first and then saved the hard ones for last. I know some people like to do the hard ones first so they get it out of the way, but I feel like, Saving them for last kind of gets that extra energy and aggression. You know what I mean? It does. I like to, because no matter what, the last one's probably going to be the hardest anyways. (laughs) And like, even if you think it's the easiest, it's going to be the hardest. So I like to bookend it. Mm -hmm. Do the ones, not necessarily are the easiest, but that I'm the most confident in first and last. So the ones in the middle, because that's when I I feel like I'm gonna be at my hundred percent best mm. is like right in the middle. Because so I think we did our album over. I think we did it in two days, mm. which was insane. Uh, we had that's a third what, yeah. day. How many songs? Nine. So yeah, that's like four or five songs a day. We had a day of setup, and then we had two full Track days. days of yeah. We did four, and then we did five. Or no, we did five the first day, then four. Yeah, Damn, that's impressive, man. 
Dude, it Five songs was, in a day? It was nuts. Uh, we, I think we had to go back and re-record a couple things from late mm-hmm. in that, that session. Like, yeah, that the next happens. day. Yeah, because it was just like, yeah. Like, it's not good enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we just, uh, we banged it out the best we could. I got, I was as rehearsed as I possibly could have been. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I had those references to go back on, too, which helped out huge. Yeah, I think having my laptop, like, helped me out a lot. Because, you mm-hmm. know, uh, before I'd track the song, I'd go back and, you know, there's some parts... That you just forget, you know what I mean? Unless yeah. unless you're playing it, but like I never I, I made it I didn't want any single fill to be like the same. I mean, obviously the single stroke roll fills are gonna sound the same, but like yeah. the the more interesting patterns I wanted to be different. Yeah. Whether it be on the toms or on the ride symbols. I remember tracking one song and I was like, I gotta retrack that part because I'm doing the same thing on the symbols that I'm doing in another song. Just kind of mm-hmm. out of habit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having stuff like that kind of helped me out a lot. And also, I w- I didn't play a... Sh- I think they did like a weekend run, like maybe a week or two before uh, we were s- supposed to track. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, dude, like this album's really intense. It's like I physically can't play a set and then remember all this shit that you guys are having me do. Yeah, there's only so much brain ram. Yeah, yeah. And I, you have to focus on the album because mm-hmm. then if you have to go back and kind of relearn yeah. the, the old songs for the set, it's like, well, now I have to somehow just delete that out and mm-hmm. get the new stuff in. Yeah, yeah. basically, I rehearsed from uh, April until... Uh, when did we record it? We recorded it at the end of June. So okay, we after we got back from the Morbid Angel tour uh, earlier this year, um, that's when... I, I would say about 90% of it was written. Okay. Uh, so I was in the studio six or seven hours a day, uh, just rehearsing as as much as I could, um, mm. you know, and then sending them what I did that day and, you know, whether or not they like it. And uh, yeah. The writing process was pretty straightforward. I think, the, think it's always the lead up to the recording session that, you always psych yourself out at, you know what I mean? Once you get rolling and you start recording, everything's a little bit more smooth sailing. But for me, there was like certain songs was like, I don't think I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've even had it. Like we get a day in and I'm like, I I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like by the end of the first day or like start of the second day, I'm just like, like I, I'm exhausted. I'm not in as good a shape as I thought I was to play <laughs> drums for nine hours a day. Yeah, yeah. You know? Recording's but, a bitch, man. Dude, it really is. It really is. And it has to be perfect. It does. That's why editing is, you know, I love people like editors for what they do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, they make us sound fucking perfect, even if we weren't a hundred percent that day. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying no. Everything, none of my tracks are edited though, you know, but other people's are. I'm yeah, sure. no, there's, uh, yeah, we definitely have a, a, a person to edit drums, but he did it in, because I can hear the parts where he didn't edit. And I'm like, thank you for not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it gives it a little bit more life and, you know, it's not and so feel. plastic sounding. Yeah. I think the edits are necessary if, you know, obviously a snare is just like, 
a hair earlier or late, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was never too big a fan of just like quantizing everything. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not the guy did that, I don't know because I, I wasn't there. But I mean, mm. I know I worked my ass off to record that shit. Uh, but I mean, you know, the edits are necessary. It's 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 a full length record, you know, if it's yeah. not a li- it's not a live studio album, which yeah. If if it's a live studio album, then yeah, like let it be raw. But if it's a it's a product that we want to stand by, you know, so it has to sound a certain way, which is what the editing is for. And I, I know people hate on edited drums and you know this and that, but I mean, at the end of the day, vocals are edited, guitars are edited, bass is edited, literally everything on a record that anybody hears in a modern death metal band today, it's, yeah, it's edited. Yeah, in a modern metal band period, like across the board, like mm-hmm. everything has edits. I'm sorry. Those people who hate on editing have n- never recorded a professional record yeah. in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you I mean, know, like, like it has its time and place. You know, like I said, the guy, he obviously there's edits, but he there was points at, like I think there's one song, you know, there's blast beat with the toms, but blast, it's like, yeah, there's like. It's not perfectly in sync on the toms yeah. for the, you know, the, um, for the hits. And I'm like, that's what gives it the life, you know, is where it's not everything's meant to be on the yeah. grid. Because you physically couldn't get over not, to the toms that yeah. fast. It's like, like it's a just, little, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. a little, uh, you know, a little flam and it, yeah. it, it sounds cool to me. So it's like, yeah, little stuff like that makes it sound more human and not so robotic, you know, and these fools are writing songs that. I was like, dude, like, (laughs) it's insane. Like just watching you play that set. I was like, this is nuts. And it looked like you weren't even breaking a sweat. So honestly, not drinking has been helping with not breaking a sweat at all. There you go. There you go. Not being hung over or drunk on stage. That's, that's the way to do it. Good way to go. Yeah. 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 I know. Like, cause it's really hard. Cause after the show, there's always like, Drinks being passed yep. around, especially those <laughs> especially suffocation boys. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. I know Eric. You know, he'll be trying to get me to have some drinks after <laughs> we're done here, and I gotta be like, no dice, man. Sorry. Yeah, we used to we used to get pretty tuned up when we toured back in the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. Uh, all all these guys are awesome, man. It's kind of a trip yeah, to be up on tour with them because. I mean, they're playing songs I've been listening to since I was like, you know, ninth grade, eighth grade, whatever. And yeah. Like, I mean, Pierced From Within, I've been listening to that for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And like, you know, it's just like, if if somebody were to tell me, you know, in my high school days that I'd be on tour with Suffocation and Incantation, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, right. But, sure. I mean, here we sure, are, man. man. Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, you're you're living the dream. This Thanks, man. It, man. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been yeah. great so far, man. I've it's cool as hell to watch all these drummers too. Cause everybody's everybody has something different that they're bringing, you know, like, yeah, everybody has their own style. And like, I mean, I love watching Charlie play nap. It's killing it. Eric's killing it every night. Yeah, man. Every, and that is true too. Like every drummer has their different style that they bring to the stage, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the difference between you guys and incantation and suffocation was like, it's like so drastic, but it's all like in the same vein. Of it's metal. all death metal. <laughs> yeah. It's all death metals. I don't care what anyone says. Not all death metal is the same. No. Nah, all yeah. right, guys, come on. Just There's listen different to the drums. Beats, yeah. There's different blast beats and different parts. And 
Yeah, man. Yeah, it's all just fast as fuck. Yeah. So no, what, is- I, all right. What is the the fastest BPM that you do on this tour? Do you know? Because uh, you guys don't play to a click. No, not not live. No, none of the bands on this tour play to a click, do they? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Wow. I know Charlie rocks the in ears. Yeah. Eric is fucking crazy and doesn't wear anything in his ears. He's just uh, a crazy. Like, <laughs> he walks off the bus, hands gets some drumsticks, and just. I don't even think stage. I see him warming up. No, he doesn't do any of that. No, dude, the guy is an absolute animal. Yeah. I, I think Matt's rocking the inners, but I, I don't, I haven't talked to him, and I don't know if he's using a click. But I think everything you see and hear on this tour is all just everybody in sync with each other. You yeah, know? and it's crazy how tight you guys are, especially because tonight you didn't have any drum, drum, no drum work. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, and dude, you guys were like bang on together. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was super tight. So I highly guess, impressed. To get, I guess to answer your question, uh, I think it was when that new song uh, that we played when they changed over. I think mm-hmm. on the album it was one forty, but the skank beat makes it like two eighty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you double it, then yeah, two eighty. For the live shows, I've been. It's been kind of hit or miss with the double time. Sometimes I'm in it in the pocket and like yeah. feeling it. Uh, some of the other times I'm just doing the just you know matching my right hand it it really yeah. de- just depends on how I feel that night but for the record I was doing all the all the double time stuff and I don't know sometimes that's just really hard to pull off live oh yeah and I mean the record's not out so nobody knows yet nobody knows that, man <laughs> yeah it's fine it's fine but, um, yeah no uh, there's definitely some fast fast stuff on the new record uh I think this set in particular is the most aggressive set we've done since I've joined the band. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was definitely aggressive. Yeah. yeah. I, Every yeah. song was fucking <laughs> brutal, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's getting easier, though, as the days go on, you know? Like, I, I remember I, I used to think, you know, certain songs from the old record would kind of put me in a funk, you know? But then yeah. now playing the new stuff compared to those i'm like oh man it's kind of like a cakewalk now because you know like, yeah like i said so fast like i like i said they're just kind of yeah. you know up in the bar a little bit and i mean yeah i remember learning the the chaos um songs and you know back when that came out i was like man this is pretty tough because so i mean charlie has his own style which is really hard to mimic and yeah. you know uh i try to do his fills here and there uh but I mean, yeah, the new stuff, it's it's up there, man. Yeah, it's funny that he is playing drums for Incantation on mm-hmm. this tour as well. Mm-hmm. So he gets to sit here and watch you play his parts. Yeah, I was talking <laughs> to them earlier too. Uh, the, the you know Skeletal Boys. I was like, dude, that's kind of a trip. That imagine watching you know uh, somebody else play your parts that you wrote. You right? know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope I do it justice. I don't know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't know the songs as well as he probably does. Yeah, <laughs> but I I think you definitely nail it. So yeah, no, yeah. it's they're fun songs to play as as long as the main beats are like in the same realm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm 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 pretty much free to kind of do my own fills and my own flair. Um, yeah. There's certain songs that I add my double ride to that don't have it on the record, but nice. I mean, if I'm gonna play a set, I want to be comfortable and I want to play it. I want to play it true to the record so the 
fans and the people know like you know what's next but i also want to put my own like stamp on it you know yeah yeah definitely i love the double ride too i do too man gene hogan sean reiner all those all those old school drummers yeah influenced that man yeah i only got one ride so i always just have to do the crossover and yeah. it's so annoying i hate it <laughs> so most of the time I'm just like ah, whatever i'll just like do something just with on the my hi-hat. right hand yeah on the hi-hat or just a splash mm-hmm. you know something like that and i'm like oh, i'm too lazy tonight fuck it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i love the double ride uh i do that in a number of songs uh that really don't have it like on the record. But, yeah, I mean, it is like a classic death metal thing to do, though. I love it. You know, man. yeah, with just like a fucking four on the floor beat. Yeah, and then yeah, it's just you know, it's. Yeah. I I feel like when people are watching a live band, yeah, they want to see stuff performed that they they know, you know, like the record. Like I know when a band's when a band's drummer's off, if like I really know the song, you know what I mean? Yeah, but 100%. I also know when they're like on it and they're adding their own influence into it which right. makes the live show better to like in my opinion you know what i mean like, yeah because if you if you want to like the record go listen to the record. exactly yeah right? i want to i want to see somebody adding a little bit more than what's on the record because that just gives for me it, like as a person watching a band if they're doing stuff that i didn't catch on the record it kind of like energizes me more and like yeah. gets me more involved in the show you know yeah. what i mean well, if you want to hear a drummer do way more than the record, then come see Lothara. Because, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I added so much stuff live. Yeah, you said you cha- you changed like uh, like basically dude. everything, right? Yeah, like a lot of the beats are the same throughout, but like there's whole intro parts and like big tom accents and everything that I'm like, this this is how it should have been mm-hmm. written, but I wasn't in the band then. So I'm like, we're just going to do this. And the whole band was like, yeah, we're on board with anything that you do. So let's, let's keep it like that. Yeah, I'm I think like, as yeah. long I think as long as you're p- comfortable with what you're playing, it really shouldn't matter like if you're changing the parts or not. As long as yeah. it still sounds like the song yeah. and it flows, it's like, you know... Well, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the song. And if the whole band thinks that changing that drum part makes the song better, regardless of it, if it's the same as the album or not, then you run with that. Yeah, Go yeah. with that. If it makes the song better, if that makes the song worse, then, yeah, you should probably just mm-hmm. do what the original part was written, yeah, right? But, it's, it's all... It's all- about comfortability and yeah just like if it sounds good if it sounds good it sounds good yeah if it if sounds it, good it is good yeah yeah that's, that's that's what we say exactly you know yeah, yeah so yeah and i try i I get carried away sometimes i mean I but this too, is man. why I, don't, <laughs> I think we all do man <laughs> this is why i don't drink anymore on stage right <laughs> so there were some shows uh overseas where things got a little hairy you yeah, know? yeah 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 you get a little little having a little too much fun you know, and then Start, it's like yeah, yeah. it starts to really not sound like Start the song playing around anymore. More. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're doing fills over the bar, and you're like everyone's <laughs> like, "What's happening?" Yeah, yeah. Like, you guys got click tracks in your ears. Like, just listen. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, I don't drink anymore, and it's yeah, it, either, it's man. way better. It's yeah. honestly, it, it's helped me a lot with my playing, dude. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, I've I would never, I was never really. The drinker to drink before a show is more after. 
Yeah. But yeah, yeah. not drinking, what I've noticed is I'm not cramping up and I'm not barely breaking a sweat out there. Yeah. Um, and it's only been a week of, of this tour. And, you know, like for me, the biggest thing is hands cramping up. It's like, I don't ever want that to happen in a show. It's the worst. And, you know, after not drinking for, you know, what, two, three weeks, whatever, uh, I, I noticed right away, like, I don't cramp up at all. Usually about halfway through the set. Like I said, it's also variable on the day and how I feel, but like what you've eaten, I've, I remember, how hydrated you yeah, are. Yeah, like, yeah. There's so many variables in there. Right? I just remember countless tours where you know halfway through the set, I'm like, dude, like I like I'm having a gorilla fist my drumstick because I can't, yeah, physically like you know play correctly, yeah. you know. And I feel like not drinking on this tour is like benefiting me like a thousand percent because I'm just. I'm just, I'm just chilling back there, man. Honestly, yeah. I'll say uh, the same thing. Like before, I quit drinking. There was so many shows that no matter how much I warmed up, no matter what exactly, I did, yeah. I it still happens. It still happens. I get mm-hmm. three songs in, and all of a sudden, like my hand completely cramps up, and I can't hold my drumstick properly. Mm-hmm. So, but ever since I quit drinking, I haven't had that happen once. It's pretty amazing, man. Like, uh, it's it's just nice to wake up and not feel like garbage. You know, that's it. Yeah, and I get you, it's sleep. a different kind of garbage. It's like just like <laughs> tour garbage yeah, rather yeah. than super Drunk hungover garbage. Yeah, yeah, garbage. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it help. I, I honestly, I I think it's a way to go for me for now for as far as the, the tours go because I mean, it's it's just yeah, it's just I have more energy throughout the day, like mm-hmm. and you know as long as I, like I said for the pre-show stuff is as long as I get some food and some water, I'm. I'm, I should be good. That's it. I need about eight Red Bulls. Uh, That's too much. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. I've had shows where I had too much, and it was not a fun time. Man, it's not good. I really, I rarely drink those energy yeah? drinks. Yeah, but I had when we played Hellfest. I was, I was, you know, my nerves were pretty, pretty jacked because yeah. like just looking a, out in a sea full of people and yeah. like kind of backstage just like shaking. But oh, so just like. Put a ton of caffeine in yeah, your system, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. just shaking more. <laughs> it, it actually kind of calmed me down and like made me play way faster, which was sick. Yeah. <laughs> See, I am lucky. I have a click track because if I didn't, like, I had, I usually have one to two Red Bulls before a set, and like, if I don't have a click track, I would be like flying. Yeah, yeah, fly. And then the next show, everyone would be like, "Dude, you play way too fast," and then I play way too slow. Like, give me the click track. I need a guide. I yeah. need somebody the click click track to hold my hand. Be like, this is the proper tempo. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's uh. I mean, there's definitely times in rehearsal where they're like, I think that part's too slow. I'm like, well, I've been playing along to the record, so I mean, I don't. I think it's just when they're when they're playing live, they're like used to it being faster. Yeah, because the you know the adrenaline, the energy everything, and adrenaline. Yeah. And, you know, so like, I'll do that and this. You know, I'll, I'll of course I'll listen to them and, and do what they want me to do. You know, if they need it faster, I'll go faster. Um, but play, I've only played to click track once, and that was when I was filling in with vitriol. The nice thing about that was it was the same thing every night. Yeah, it's so beautiful. After, yeah, after yeah. like two or three nights, it's just kind of like autopilot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Usually about three shows is where I'm like, okay, everything's fine. I don't mm-hmm. need to worry about yeah, playing anymore. I, there's like pros and cons to playing with a with a click. 
I mean, it's it's always different. It's, it's always variable, you know? It's just my opinion. But I think playing to a click track live is great for a drummer to just be consistent and have everybody consistent. Yeah. The only thing that, like, I think would be a con is that just, like, I wouldn't say it would be too robotic, but I guess sometimes when I'm watching a band, I like seeing you know, peaks and valleys rather yeah, than just ever flows of the constantly set, right? on high. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. here's the threshold and we're always here yeah, rather than like, you know, 127 all the time. Yeah. 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 Whereas yeah. like for me, I like to see when bands are kind of like going up and now they're kind of bringing it down and it could be the same riff too. Sometimes yeah. that's kind of what gives it that live feel. You yeah. know what I mean? The cool thing to do though, like if you guys wanted to start playing to a click or anything is record one of your jams and then make a click click map out of that map out of it so it has those ebb and flows mm -hmm. to everything right it doesn't need to be a solid you know like 240 this part and then 220 and then 260 yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't need to be that you can really write it to however you guys play or even That's record a idea, dude. record a multi-track a live set i've never i've never right? thought about that i mean we've talked about playing live to a click track um Obviously, we have because I mean I could do it. Um, I feel like for skeletal though, it's like more about the 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 rawness, the raw and, energy and, and, of the everything. Energy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is like how we were saying. You know, every every band here isn't playing with a click, and yeah, it's a fucking banger show. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's One been night, a while since I've been to a death metal show that was like that fucking sick. And it's cool because one night, you know. Some like I said, some bands are just flying, and you know, other, <laughs> it, it's cool to just see the dynamics of it. You know what I yeah, mean? Rather yeah. than just constantly all the way up here all the time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's but if you want to play to a click, that's one way to keep that energy going. Yeah, so, I would. I, I mean, I'm not opposed it? to playing to a click track live, uh, just because I know it helps me, like you know, stay more consistent. And like I said, like yeah. like after a while, it's just like kind of autopilot. Yeah. Um, but then, no, you just all right. So you make like five different click tracks, and then you just round robin them. So you never know what you're gonna get that. Night. Yeah. And then hey. it keeps it interesting. Yeah. No, that's not a bad idea, man. Honestly, <laughs> I've never I've never thought about doing that. I, I always thought you know I just thought it has that to be right on now. the record. Yeah. 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 No, the same thing every night. Nope, different every that's, night. That's, How's pretty, that? that's a pretty cool yeah. idea, man. Like I mean. I don't think any band does that. I think they always play with yeah, what's think, on the record. No, nobody would do that. Like, I know bands that do it based off their, like, live show. They'll make a click mm -hmm. track based off that. Which right? is, yeah. It's, Which is sick. I think that's probably yeah. the way to go. But nobody makes, like, like record, makes click tracks off, like, five different shows. And then just, we'll see which Mixing one it that, is yeah. tonight. That's pretty cool, man. I've Honestly, I think that's a really cool idea. I might. Uh, the only thing about playing with a click track, though, for this tour is I'm not headlining, so it's just yeah. more gear for me to get on and off the stage. That's true. Um, yeah. Which is why I'm not doing in-ears, because, I mean, I have my own rig, but, I mean, it's just an extra 10, 15 minutes. And we already have a 10, 15-minute changeover yeah. that always generally goes pretty later than it should, it, you know? Yeah, it's usually a 20, right? And, like, I mean, yeah, I have, like, I don't know, what, a six-piece kit and, you know, who knows how many cymbals and... Yeah, just another thing to dial in is just like kind of a pain in the ass when you're you know being rushed on and off the stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I until it. we get a headlining tour, 
I think it'd be safe to say that we won't play with a click track. Okay. All right. Well, we'll end the click track uh, <laughs> debate here. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we got to probably wrap this up and get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon, man. Um, one question, though, is what uh, what size sticks you playing? Uh, right curious. now, I'm using the Scorpion 5A. 5A? Because I noticed they are a little, a little thinner. It's funny because so many guys like in death metal there's like such a range of stick sizes mm. like so many guys are like oh it has to be like the biggest longest stick that you can find or like the two b's mm. uh, like i play uh white hickory two b's i love them they're they're great and they feel small to me now but uh and i think eric uses the five b's a lot of guys yeah, use yeah. five b's Talk to some other guys who are using like seven A's. And I'm just like, how? how? You know, like yeah. how? I find it funny just within the same genre, guys use such a wide range yeah, of stick uh, sizes. For me, uh, it's always been 5B, 5A for live shows. For warming up, I use the heaviest marching sticks I could find. Yeah. And then by the time I get to my, you know, stage sticks, it feels like nothing. Dude, you're just flying. Yeah, them, pretty right? much. So I'll yeah. warm up with, the heaviest sticks I can find. They're a pair of marching sticks. They're like, I don't know what size they are off the top of my head, but they're pretty, pretty thick. Yeah, yeah. And Big boys. Um, it honestly going to a five eight, five a and five b feel pretty similar to me. Five b is just a little bit heavier. Yeah, but I do like the five a just for the faster pace stuff. I guess I know a lot of people okay. like heavier sticks so they can get that rebound quicker. Yep. yep. But I mean, for me. If you just have the technique, you have the technique. It shouldn't really matter on what size stick it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't. It's it doesn't. True. But for the for the most part, like I'm comfortable with five A's for yeah. I've because I've played seven A's and eight D's for live stuff. You know, back in the day when I was like, oh, the the lighter it is, the faster I can go. Right. Which is sometimes the case, sometimes not. Yeah. But what I've found is is warming up with super heavy sticks and then playing. 5B, 5A uh, yeah. just makes it easier. Yeah, well, Los Cabos makes a 55AB, which is kind of a cross between a 5A and a 5B. And now you're, you're playing Scorpion, but, you know, Los Cabos uh, sponsors this podcast. And, you know, maybe I, maybe we could hook you up with yeah, a pair to, I, to try out. I might know, join uh, Team Los Cabos. Yeah, I might. Uh, I mean, I've been playing around. We've all been kind of, you know, screwing around with each other's sticks and, and setups here. So yeah. I might, I might give them a try, see what's up, you know, for a show. Uh, Cause I know Charlie and, and Eric use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been with Scorpion for about three years and I really like them, but I mean, I'm never opposed to, you know, checking out new product or whatever, you know, yeah. um, so far Scorpion's been the most uh, durable stick I've played. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I used to play Vic first before them. And I would find myself breaking sticks like I broke them like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like crazy. And it man. wouldn't matter what size, 5B, 2B, 7A, 8D, whatever. And yeah. it doesn't matter. Vic Firths were just cracking on me too much. So I went with Scorpion and I've only broke like, I don't know, five or six pairs in the last three months. Uh, not three months, uh, three years. Three years? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's five insane. or six pairs. I mean, That's you know, they're, I've whittled them down. To the uh, point that they're unusable, yeah. But, yeah, like, I mean, to actually, like, physically break it while I'm playing, it's yeah. it's only happened in rehearsals, and it's only been, 
you know, a slim number of times. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I break sticks, but, uh, I hit, I, well, all right. First off, it's the ride that I use that breaks the sticks. Mm. That's the problem. I have the Sabian power bell and I beat the shit out of it because <laughs> I use in-ears. I can't hear. So you got to hear the, it. Yeah, yeah. the natural acoustics of things. So I'm hitting it so like way harder than any should, human man. should. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So that, that's how I break sticks. Yeah. yeah on I, that bell. I honestly, I wonder what it was with the Vic first, because I mean, I've been playing for about 22 years and I've had Vic Firths growing up and I never, I mean, I would break them, but not as like, yeah. I don't know if it's because my playing, uh, like my playing time increased, uh, over the last few years, you know? Yeah, maybe, um, maybe it could be that, but I mean, all I know is that like, they were just breaking on me every two, three days and yeah, you know, that's like 12, 15 bucks a pair. Oh dude. Yeah. These days, sticks are adds, so uh, expensive. It adds up, man. Yeah. It's like, ridiculous. So, yeah, I had I got uh, Charlie actually uh, got me into Scorpion percussion because he was using them and yeah. honestly, man, I I've never played a stronger stick. Um, nice, never played. A Are they stick hickory or oak? I believe they're hickory. Hickory, okay, I, th- I think cool. so. I like hickory. Hickory, uh, it's some good wood. Yeah, I've I've tried the Pro Marks, and I believe those are oak. Yes, and I still like those. Oak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, oak's supposed to be like the fucking... strongest of the strong. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, right. Strong as an think. oak tree, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but apparently not. No, not at least not from my case. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we've all been kind of you know hitting each other's practice pads, and yeah, know, I was playing around with Charlie sticks the other day. Uh, I think in Three Rivers, and I mean they they feel nice. Yeah, so, I mean, well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna win you over, man. <laughs> we're gonna win you over. You're gonna come to the dark side or the light side. I don't know what side <laughs> it is. <laughs> the Los Cabos side, yeah, Canadian made. Yeah, where, where are they That's based it? out of? Uh, they're near Fredericton, New Brunswick. Okay, so yeah, out out east. Okay, but yeah. Yeah, nice little family company. And, yeah, that's what yeah. Eric was saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're super amazing to deal with. I've been with Lost Cabos for ten years now. Okay, so they're so damn. I, I would have. I was thinking they were like kind of uh, like relatively new. No, they've been around for a while. Yeah, sure. I don't know how long they've been a company, but I have played for them for ten years. I okay. know. Uh, yeah, two thousand thirteen. Is when I damn I hooked so up. They've with been them, around for so. a while. That's cool. Yeah, man. I didn't know yeah. that. They're super. They've been building like crazy the last like I'd say like six or eight years, especially in the metal scene and everything. Yeah. Are they are they more geared towards metal drummers? Not necessarily. Okay. It's just I don't know if I'm letting any secrets out here, but their artist rep is a huge metalhead. Okay. So whenever I would like pitch a drummer to him or anything, he would just get super stoked. He's like, I fucking love that band. Yes, let's do sure. it. Yeah. So like Dave McGraw from Cattle Decapitation. Okay. Uh, he's been with them for a while. So when I like kind of made that connection, like Phil from Lost Cavus was super pumped. Dope, man. So, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'll have to try them out. Uh, for me right now, Scorpion's been the go-to. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I know. Uh, I've heard really good things about Scorpion. So uh, Spencer Proof from Archspire. 
Is he on? I, I believe he is also with Scorpion now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kevin Paradis is on there. Par- Parody? Parody. I Paradis. I'm not sure how to pronounce I know. I know. Name. I know he's on there. And Oh, really? He's got his own, yeah, signature brand yeah. stick. And oh, that guy is. He's one of the best, man. Else. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Okay. Let's not talk about other troubles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, like I said, we got to wrap this up. Uh, this is even longer than I thought because they are loading We're talking everything drums, out. <laughs> We're talking. We could do this all night, but I think they want us out of the venue, so we should wrap up. Pierce, thank you very much Dude, thanks for, for having, uh, me, man. having a chat, man. This yeah. has been great. It was awesome seeing you play. It's not often that I get to watch you play and then talk to you afterwards. So yeah, it was super sick. Thanks a lot, man. And. Uh, We'll see you next time. Dude, I yeah. Guess. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, cool. man. It's been great. Thanks for listening to the We're Talking Drums podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share with your friends and check out our Patreon for exclusive content and early episodes. Till next time, keep drumming. Keep drumming.